You know, I love this time of the year. It's getting close to Thanksgiving. It's uh, getting close to Christmas. And I just, I so enjoy this time of the year. It's my favorite time of the year. And it, it's always interesting what, what grabs my attention at this time of the year. I, I, I told you about, about a month ago, I walked into Brahms and they already had eggnog there. It grabbed my attention. I mean, it, I, I was just, I, I, could, I was paralyzed staring at that Brahms eggnog. It just, it, it grabbed my attention. I, I've noticed that Christmas lights are already going up on the homes before Thanksgiving. I know some of you don't like that, but some of us do. And, and it's grabbed my attention. I went into Starbucks a week or two ago and I noticed that Starbucks already had out their Christmas decor and Christmas cups. It grabbed my attention. Yesterday, I walked into a coffee shop to study. It was not Starbucks, but I walked into this coffee shop to study, and I, I, I looked at the menu. I was not thinking about eating breakfast, but I saw a biscuit bacon sandwich on the menu. I said, is that good? They go, it's really good. We put it on the grill. I said, give me one of those. It grabbed my attention, and guess what I had for breakfast yesterday? Hey, I, I, tore, I threw down that biscuit bacon sandwich because it grabbed my attention. But what's really interesting to study is what grabs Jesus' attention. What, what, what gets his attention? What captures Jesus' attention? And I want us to study a portion of scripture in Matthew chapter 14 for all of you that love God's word. You have a Bible with you, you have a Bible on your phone. Open your Bibles up and turn with me to Matthew chapter number 14. We're going to be here for the duration of our time and unpack some scriptures there in Matthew 14 verse 13. It says, when Jesus heard what had happened, now what had just happened, John the Baptist had just been beheaded in the earlier verses. He withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. Jesus saw, notice that, what, what captured his attention. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Jesus saw the crowd and had compassion on them because whatever gets your attention gets your affection. The crowd grabbed his attention and now they have his affection and now Jesus just wants to help the crowd. People always grabbed Jesus's attention. The sick got his attention. The poor got his attention. The needy got his attention. The hurting got his attention. The lost got his attention. Prostitutes and tax collectors got his attention. And you see this over and over again when you read the gospels. What got Jesus's attention was people. Matthew Chapter 9, verse 36, Matthew says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. The writer of another gospel, Mark, chapter 6, and verse 34 says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. Luke says in chapter 7 and verse 13, here's what the doctor said, when the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Then we had John who said this in chapter 11, verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was 
deeply moved in spirit and troubled. And then a couple of verses later, this is talking about Lazarus has died and, and they're weeping. And the shortest verse in the Bible is in John chapter 11 and verse 35. Jesus was so deeply moved. The scripture says, Jesus wept. People always grabbed Jesus's attention and so they had his affection and the question of the day is what is grabbing your attention so many things want your attention Career wants your attention. School and teachers want your attention. Professors want your attention. Coaches want your attention. P bosses want your attention. Commercials and radio stations and social media wants your attention. There are so many things vying for your attention. Parents will tell their children, you better pay attention. Our attention is a currency. Whatever you pay attention to will get your affection. And the question that I want us to think about is, does God have your attention or does the world have your attention? Do the things of earth have your attention or do the things of heaven have your attention? First point, first point, first point. Give your attention to God's priorities. What has your attention? What has your attention? Does, does God's priorities have your attention? Does heaven have your attention? Or does earth have your attention? Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says, Think about things of heaven, not of things of earth. Are you thinking about loving God? Is that consuming your thoughts, serving God, honoring God, sharing your faith, sharing your resources to help others, to be a blessing to others? Or, or are you so focused on earth that you don't think about the things of heaven? What has your attention will have your affection. Matthew chapter 16 verse 23 says Jesus turned and said to Peter get behind me Satan you are a stumbling block to me why was he a stumbling block notice this you do not have in mind the concerns of God but merely human concerns he says listen the reason that you need I'm rebuking you get behind me Satan is because your mind is on human concerns your mind is on earthly things and not heavenly things you don't have in mind the kingdom of God and there are sometimes we got to tell our own thinking thinking get thee behind me get behind me Satan get behind me flesh because our thinking can be so carnal our thinking can be just on this earth it can just be just about the here and now and we don't give any thought about heaven we don't give any thought about lost people and hurting people and broken people and people that are addicted and people who don't know Jesus we can get so earthly minded and sometimes you gotta say mind self get the behind me I'm going to turn my attention uh, back on the priorities of heaven I'm not going to live so earthly minded that I'm no good to the kingdom of God I want you to see a second thing a second thing first give your attention to God's priorities because whatever has your attention will have your affection number two give your life to God's priorities I want you to notice this in the story back in Matthew chapter 14 verse 15 that evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, 
that isn't necessary. You feed them. Now catch this. As Jesus was ministering to the crowd, the disciples, they come to Jesus and they say, Lord, it's getting late. Send these folks away now so they can get something to eat. And, and, and Jesus says something. He says, you feed them. But no, Lord, it's late now. It's a remote place. And how many of you know that Jesus is so powerful? If he wanted to, he could have rained down Long John Silvers. Everybody could have had fish and chips and coleslaw. That's what Jesus could have done. But Jesus did not do that. He said, you feed them because God always wants to use you and me to make a difference in the lives of other people. But, but we always have to get over our excuses and make ourselves available to God so that God can use our lives to be a blessing to others. There's always an excuse of why God can't use us. God, it's late. God, it's a remote place. And the disciples even had a better excuse than that in Matthew chapter 14, verse 17. But we have only... Five loaves of bread and two fish. They answered and said, Lord, Lord, let's, what, what, what we going to do? We, we got that little boy's lunch, and that little boy had two fish sticks and some, and some bread. Now, come on, Lord. 20,000 people out here. How are we going to feed these people with five pieces of bread and, and two loaves of fish? Our little won't feed these people. And one of the biggest reasons we don't make ourselves available to God is because we think our little won't do much. What I have, God, is just way too little for you to use me. I mean, you can use somebody else's life, God. Somebody else can make a difference, but you can't use what I have. I just have a little. I just got a little faith, just a little bread, just, just a little fist. I just got a little time and just a little energy. God, I don't have a whole lot. I just got a little talent, just a, a little money, just a little thinking. God, I don't have a lot that to give to you, God. But listen, church, with God, little isn't less. If you will give your little to God, he can do a lot with your little. You, you just got to give the little to God. You see, understand ridiculous faith is moving forward even when you only have little. Ridiculous faith is moving forward even when you have a good excuse not to. I think about my own life and making myself available. I've, I've always had good excuses. I've always felt like I didn't have enough. I'm just too little. And I think about when God was calling Tiffany and I to start People's Church. And I felt like I didn't have a whole lot. and had a whole lot of excuses. God, I'm 26. Tiffany's 24. I've never been a pastor on a staff. I've, I have no ministerial experience outside of traveling and preaching. I've never managed a church. I, 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 don't, I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about the HR side and the legal side. God, you want me? God, I can't, I can't do that. I've always had excuses. I, 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 God, you want me to pastor a church? I'm an, I'm an introvert, God. I, I look at all my, all my weaknesses. God, how, how would you ever use me to start a church and to pastor people with, with my personality? God, how could you use me? I just got a little fish. I don't have a whole lot. 
just excuses. I remember when Tiffany had just graduated from college and we had worked hard through her college career to, to get out of school debt. We paid off thousands of dollars of school debt. We, she was working at Kohl's. I was traveling and from time to time I'd substitute teach just to offset some income and we were just, we, we, we were taking everything that we could and we had ourselves in credit card debt. We got out of credit card debt. We got our car paid off. We, we paid off the cars. We, we got out of student loan debt. We were debt free. She graduated from college. She got a teaching job there in Missouri and and here we are buying our first house I think it was like $89,000 brand new my 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 we're living the dream and then God speaks to us we, we got thousands in the bank now in in our 20s and God says I want you to start a church with whose money <laughs> I mean just excuses but God we're in a good financial position I mean, we worked hard to get out of debt and to, and, and to save and have money in the bank. And, and God says, but I'm calling you. I'm calling you. To, will, will you make your little available to me? And always excuses. And, and we did. We, we sold our home. We moved to Oklahoma City. We took thousands and thousands of our dollars. And, and, we, bought, and we, we, we started the church and bought the equipment with that money and did the marketing with that money. We, we took what we had and we made it available to God. We always have to get over our excuses of why God can't use us to make a difference. I want you to see a third insight from this text. And that is give your resources to God's priorities. Give your resources to God, God's priorities. Notice this in Matthew chapter 14, verse 17. It says, but we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Verse 18, bring them here, he said. Jesus always wants us to bring our fish and our bread to him. He always wants us to bring our life, our heart, our talents, our time, our resources, and give them to him. Listen, church, there are two choices when it comes to your resources. You can keep your resources in your hand, or you can put your resources in God's hands. Jesus is always saying, bring them to me. And if you keep them in your hand, you only get what you can produce. But if you put them in Jesus' hands, you get what Jesus can produce. In your hands, you only get your blessings. In God's hands, you get his blessings. Write this down, write this down, write this down. When you give your resources to God first, he blesses them. When you give your resources to God first, he blesses them. Notice in Matthew chapter 14, verse 19, back in this story, it says, then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took, you see, they, they made it available. They, 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 they gave their resources to, to Jesus first. And Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up to heaven and blessed them. Everybody shout, bless them. Yeah, come on, somebody write it online, write it online, just write, bless them, bless them. He blessed them. The disciples gave the bread and Jesus to, to Jesus first. They took the bread and the fish. They, they didn't give them to the people first. They gave the bread and fish to Jesus first. And the Bible says then Jesus blessed the bread. This is so, so important. Always give your resources to God first and then he will bless them. But here's what so many people do. So many people get their resources. They got their five fish and their, and their, their five, five, five pieces of bread and their two, two fish. And, and, and so many people, what they do is, is they don't give their bread and fish to Jesus first. They give it to MasterCard first. They, 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 give, the, they give it to Visa first. They, they give it to the rent payment first. They give it to the house payment first. They, they, they take their, 
their, their bread and fish and they, and, and they give it to the car payment first. They, they, they give it to the electric company first. They, they, they take their bread and their fish and they give it to family first. They, they give it to their favorite organization that they love first. They don't give it to God first. And so they, they've got their bread and their fish, but they never gave it to the Lord so that he could bless it. They gave it to Jesus first and he blessed it. If you give to God first, he will bless your resources and your life. We call that the tithe. Let me teach you today and help you. Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 10 says bring the whole tithe into the storehouse to the local church where you worship so, so, so here's how it works so, so right here today I've got five pieces of bread and two fish in here now we're going to pretend, pretend like it's ten pieces of bread in here and what, what, what Jesus says is this, what God's word says is this when you have ten pieces of bread always give me the first one before you do anything else with the other bread, give the first one to me. Uh, when you have $10, always give me one of those $10 first. You get $100, you give me 10 and you keep the nine. And God says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bless, what, what I'm going to bless your resources. And friends, can I tell you, you are much better off having 90% with God's blessings than keeping all 100% without his blessings. They, 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 they gave the bread to Jesus first. And, 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 and Jesus Jesus blessed them. He goes on to say, he goes on to say into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, in my church to reach people. He says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. God says, test me. It's the only place that I can find in our Bibles where God says, I want you to test me. Because here's the test. Here's the test. I've got my bread and my fish. And, and, and the human mind, the human heart always feels and thinks, I'm going to hold on to what I got. I said, no, 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 I want you to trust me. I want you to take the first 10% of your income and I want you to get, give it back to me. Oh, no, I don't want to. That's why it's a test. Just test me and see, won't I be faithful? And we, we just did that at People's Church. We just made it easy for you with a, with a three-month tithe challenge right there online. Or you can get online or on the website. Why? Why, why do we make the three-month tithe challenge? Money-back guarantee. If you start tithing, you say God doesn't bless you. Because, number one, I know that he's a blessing God. He's a blessing God. And if you will give God the first 10%, he will bless the rest. You got to test God. I'm encouraging somebody today. Test God and he will show himself faithful. It goes on to say in the book of Malachi, chapter 3, in verse 10, it says, And see, test me in this, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour so much blessing that you will not have room enough to store it. Church, when you make heaven your priority, heaven makes you its priority. It's simply saying, God, I'm giving my little to you first so you can bless the rest. I realize that we are having some technical difficulties, but if it's possible, I want to show you a story of a single mom in our church who gave her little to God and how God has blessed her life. If it's possible, I want you to check out this video.
since I was a child, I've always felt like my mom and I and my family have struggled financially. I mean, as long as I can remember. We'd have to ask my grandfather, help cover things, and at a certain point he passed away. I remember feeling that, like, that shake in our finances even more because we don't have his financial assistance. When I was a kid, that was my first kind of encounter of tithing, and it was me seeing you know, people just take a couple dollars out of their purse and putting in the basket. I just thought it was something that you kind of did, just give a little bit to the church. And so I got older and started really getting um, interested in pursuing God and reading the word for myself. Then it started to transform into, you know, more of what it should have been. So I started tithing um, as a young adult, I would say is when I really got serious about it and started earning my own income. And so things got a little bit better for a while. My mother was diagnosed with cancer. So getting that news, it was terrible for us. And so during that time, I, I took on her finances and that was a lot for me. Gotten behind on bills, out of fear of not knowing how I'd pay for this, how I would do that, uh, I stopped tithing. Um, I tried to manage the situations myself. Doing that was me not trusting God. When I stopped tithing, things definitely got worse. Me keeping that temperance to myself <laughs> didn't solve anything. Finances were so bad over the years where I was struggling to get like basic necessities. My husband and I had already, we already had three children, very pregnant, um, needed another car. Um, this was during a pandemic, so money was already tight. It, there was no sign of any of that improving. Um, relationally, things were getting worse. They had already been bad, you know, in a lot of different areas. Getting a divorce was never part of my plans. And that was probably the lowest point for me. And that was November of 2020. I took ownership of the conviction that I felt to tithe. Like, actually, this is not a question. You felt this on your heart for a while. Now's the time to do it. And so I didn't start doing it at a time where it was comfortable for me. I didn't start tithing when it was like, okay, now I'm good. I can spare that 10%. I started doing it when it was like, I really cannot. When I began that, it was the start of obedience. That was the first month that I was able to begin providing for my children and myself in a way that I hadn't in forever. God repeatedly showed himself. I created a baby registry for a while. There. Not a lot of things were purchased. And then one day I went on and it said, my registry had been completely purchased. My community group leader, they had actually gotten together, the girls in the group, and purchased my whole registry. When I tell you I cried, I cried. I began to feel a peace that I had not felt in so long. Um, I began to feel an excitement for the future. Financially, um, emotionally, relationally, he has provided everything that I've needed, everything that my kids have needed over and over again because I, I'm allowing him to bless me. I think me not tithing was me hindering the blessings that he wanted to give me. Test him. Just take the step and just start doing it. You're hearing this testimony, you'll have one of your own. Come on, church, let's thank God. What a story. What a story.
And I just share you, with you the word of God, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord. Make him your priority. Give it to him first. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits, that first 10% of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Put what you have in God's hands first, and God will bless your resources and your life. I want you to see a second thing, and that is this. When you give away what God gives to you, God multiplies it. When you give away what God gives to you, God multiplies it. Let's look back in the story, Matthew chapter 14, verse 19 through 21. It says, Jesus took the five loaves and, and two fish, looked up to heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, notice this, he gave the bread to the disciples. He took the bread from them, then he gave the blessed bread back to them who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers, about 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children so total probably around 20,000 people ate off of five pieces of bread and two fish but the disciples took the blessed bread and fish and as they began to give it away it multiplied church church this is huge don't miss this if the disciples would have gave away the bread and fish before they gave it to Jesus it would not have multiplied so if they took the bread and fish and, and, and did not give it to Jesus and, and, and they tried to feed 20,000 people with five pieces of bread and two fish sticks, they're going to feed maybe 10 people, maybe, with this little boy's lunch. And I want you to see something. If they wouldn't have given it to Jesus first and Jesus blessed it, it would have never multiplied if they would have gave it away without the blessing of God. Blessed bread is always better than just me having the bread. And they gave it to God first, and, and, and Jesus blessed the bread. But without the blessing, it would have never multiplied. And here's, here's what I want you to see. A second thing is if they would have took the blessed bread and fish and kept it for themselves, it would have never multiplied and blessed the people. So, so, so when, when once, once, once God, Jesus blessed the bread, if they would have took the blessed bread and just kept it and ate it themselves, they would have never seen the blessed bread multiply. The way, the way the bread multiplied is when they give it, when they gave it away. It's a, it's a principle in the scripture. When, when you begin to give it away, God begins to multiply it. And I can just see the, see, see the disciples, especially Peter. Sit the people down. Get that blessed bread from Jesus and feed the people. Now, I don't know what Jesus is talking about. He blessed the bread. How much you bread you got? It's still, he's, didn't he say he prayed for it? Take, we might need to take it back to him, ask him to pray for it again. Because it's still five pieces of bread and two fish. Okay, he said, give it away. Okay, all right, it's not going to work, but okay. Here, Jesus told me to feed you. Get, get a piece. No, no, that, no. Ah, nice you. You, you, you. you're greedy. Yeah, come here, you. It's, you got to take a small piece. We got to feed 20,000 people here. Here. What? It's, it, 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 what? And it, it starts to multiply. It starts to multiply. It starts to multiply back as they gave it away. It was when they gave it away, it began to multiply. It's a principle in scripture. As you begin to give it away to bless people, God begins to multiply it back in your life. And that day, as they began to give away five pieces of bread and two fish, the Bible says that it blessed all the people. God took care of every 
single person. And then he blessed the disciples. And the Bible says the multiplication was so powerful that they had 12 basketfuls left over of bread. They started with five fish and five pieces of bread and two fish. And then the Bible says it multiplied into 12 basketfuls, church. I I want you to see this, 12 basketfuls. Are you counting, church? I said 12 basketfuls. They had five pieces of bread and two fish and ended up with multiplies as you give it away they had to give it away and the people were blessed and then they had 12 basketfuls left over what we give away to help people God multiplies it back in our lives this principle changed my life let me show this to you second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 10 and 11 it says now he he who supplies seed to the sower God supplies seed to the sower when I got revelation on this, it changed my life. Everything that God blesses you with isn't for you to keep. He gives seed to the, to the person who sows, not the person who takes, not the person who hoards. God supplies seed to the sower. So when you sow the seed, God gives seed back to you to the sower. God multiplies what you give to him. And it goes on to say, and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. So I want you to see this. God really wants us to understand how our resources are multiplied. So he says it again. I will increase your store of seed. Everything God blesses you with is not for you to keep. But so many people eat their seed. Instead of sowing their seed to bless others, he supplies and increases your store of seed. Not not your store of harvest of, of food, but seed to sow. Verse 11 says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Don't miss this. God multiplies what we give away so that we can be a blessing on every occasion. So that we can bless those kids in Haiti with that education that we're blessing those hundred kids with. He he blesses us so that we can bless bless the prisoners that that are behind walls and and take the gospel to the ladies at Mabel Bassett. He blesses us so that we can help the single mom who's struggling. So that we can help kids get backpacks and school supplies and the back to school season. So that we can help families at Christmas time that are under-resourced to get Christmas presents. So that we can help the addict get set free from an addiction. So that we can help the homeless person. So that we can help send missionaries all around the world. So that we can do outreach in our community God blesses us so that we can be a blessing he wants us to be a blessing to others so he says when you give I'll multiply back to back in your life when you sow your seed I'll multiply it back second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6 remember this I think those two words are so key in this verse remember this remember this because so many people forget it remember this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously the Bible teaches God multiplies what we give away the amount of seed you sow will be will determine the amount of harvest you receive now farmers understand this 
but God wants us to understand this. The amount you give away will determine the amount of, that God multiplies back to you. Jesus said this, Luke chapter 6, verse 38, give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured in your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. God multiplies what we give away. The question is not, can God get it to you? The question is, can God get it through you? Will you realize that you're blessed to be a blessing? Everything that God gives you is not to keep. God doesn't mind you being blessed. He doesn't mind you having a home and a car and food. and God doesn't mind you having stuff. He just doesn't want stuff to have you. He wants, to, he wants to know, will you realize that some of what I blessed you with is to be a blessing to others? Proverbs 11, verse 24, one person gives freely. It gains even more. It doesn't make sense. One person gives free. What are you talking about? Yeah, but, but God says, let me teach you my principles. One person gives freely and gains even more. Another withholds unduly. I'm holding on to what I got. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to be stingy. I'm going to keep it. But comes to poverty because God always multiplies what we give away.